What's up everyone? Happy Monday, at least in Australia, if you're watching in Australia. Today we have a very special show. We've got a special guest, good friend of Phil. His name is Tom and he is a highly competitive runner and a podiatrist. So we're going to give you the scoop on all things running. Stick around. Morning everyone, in case we haven't met, my name's Rad Burmeister, I'm one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we turn driven people into strong and flexible athletes. If you want to know how we do it, grab one of our blueprints, the flexibility blueprint, the strength blueprint, or the nutrition blueprint. There's a link in the description of this video if you're watching on YouTube or on the podcast or wherever it is that you're watching. And come over and join our private Facebook group, the UMS Movement Mastermind, where we record these podcasts live and we uh, interact with our audience. If anybody's uh, watching live, uh, give us a little comment. Let us know where you're watching from so we can say g'day. And um, how are you, Tom? I'm good, thanks. Thanks welcome for having me. Welcome to the me. show, man. Thank you're you. welcome. Thanks for coming on. No, no. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is really exciting for me because, like, obviously we usually do Physio Monday and... And I was like ready for a whole barrage of like very specific sort of foot and running related questions after what we talked about last week. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is a good time to call in a favor from Tom. And t- like, so lucky Tom lives, uh, works just around the corner in his own sports podiatry clinic. And yeah, how yeah, good is this? Right. Yeah. So dream. So everyone out there who has any foot or um, running related injuries, definitely um, yeah, get your questions in. And remember, this is general advice. We haven't done a consultation with you, so use this as questions to ask your, you know, the people you're working with. Or if you're not in America, you can do online consultations with me. Not yeah. yeah oh, actually, sure. do, have you done telehealth since COVID? I'm doing it now. Mate, yeah. well, we'll put yeah, the link in right. the description about how to get in contact with um, Tom as well. Yeah, rock um, on. Yeah, and this is an exciting one for me because with physio, it's a, often people sort of think that, you know, you know everything about everything and that's like you, you kind of wish you? it was true like you <laughs> wish it was true but like in at university like you kind of get a two-week block on foot related stuff which means like basically a few hours of lectures and they're like here is everything it's really complicated yeah. refer to a podiatrist <laughs> um, so <laughs> unless you take a really particular passion in and like point of interest into like feet and hands i would always see a hand therapist or a podiatrist right. over um a physio unless they're like very much kind of committed to like working particularly with feet yeah. um so yeah i'm always very happy to to refer on but when when i saw podiatrists when i was younger often they would kind of get me in put plaster on my feet send my you know give the very expensive bill to my parents to give give me orthotics and then uh that on repeat and it wasn't until i found tom where i was just like wow this is what podiatry can mm-hmm. be and like this is a whole nother thing like i didn't it was just so different from my previous experience so make sure if you're asking a podiatrist say something like tom yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, I just think it's podiatry has evolved, I think, over the years. Yeah. And um, it's becoming, um, it, it used to be, I think, yeah, more just about literally trying to stabilize the foot via use, the use of orthotics. And that was almost you'd see a podiatrist for. And I don't like that now. Like, I like people to come in thinking it could, I could be getting any treatment, any advice. It's not just about orthotics. So. Yeah, it's yeah. unreal. And I was, so, I was at the Sports Medicine Australia conference last year uh, presenting my little research paper. And yeah, Tom was there with this like cohort of like hardcore sports podiatrists who were just, yeah, bring like getting all that same sort of information that's now leading, you know, physio and sport and sports doctors and everyone about like active approaches to um, yeah, rehab and, and injury prevention. It was like so cool to see that part of it. And you even have, like, you're, are yeah. you working to run like a kind of subsection of podiatrists? Is that right? Yeah. The, so the actually association. Yeah. yeah we so. I'm on the board of the, the Sports Podiatry Association and actually recently we just um, went through a rebranding project which is sort of 
for that whole point of, of getting better perception of, of who we are and what we do. So we're now called um, Sports and Exercise Podiatry Australia. Awesome. Love that. And so, you know, exercise prescription is, yeah, is, is a big And so part. is that a good way that people can find the right kind of podiatrists if they yeah. go through that, that particular association and they'll yeah. be directed towards yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. if you do have any... Um, if you do want to see a podiatrist after being, you know, after this chat, yeah, definitely go through that portal. We'll put a link to that as well. And here. why would someone, because I'll be honest, I, um, I mean, I know what a podiatrist is, or at least I know the general understanding of what a podiatrist Foot is, things. but wh why would someone see a <laughs> yeah. podiatrist? What would you, what would be the reasons? And if maybe if we relate it to running, like if you're a runner, what would, what would be a reason to go and see a podiatrist for? Often, often it's, it's for so running in general the overuse it's it's a, it more likely to get overuse type injuries yeah. um like this this slow insidious onset type injury um that's that's certainly a good place i think we see well i certainly see less acute traumatic injuries i think physio yeah. is a much better place even if it's lower limb probably mm -hmm. to deal with those acute injuries um so i think yeah i really personally from my perspective i see lots of runners i think any runner that's um that's injured um, through running, you could potentially see a, a, a podiatrist, yeah. a sports podiatrist that sees lots of runners uh, as much as you'd, you'd see a physio. Um, but And just before I we mean, go on, like just I, I, I meant to do a bit of a blow about who Tom is and why he's a particularly like good person to see with running injuries because like when I, with every health profession, I always try and see someone who does the thing that I training for or want to be doing or if you see a GP like seeing a healthy GP like someone who kind of lives and breathes their industry and their profession and Tom is that to like the top 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 degree yeah um, that's what I that's what I always say I can't stand when I've like my my a really good example yeah, of this I was about to do his whole like blurb where he's you oh, know, all his okay, accolades I'll and keep, you know okay. that so, so okay, just quickly okay, while um, people are still paying attention uh, you know uh, we yes yeah, so Tom has won most of the things in most of the distances. So with running, he's uh, yeah, won the six foot track ultra marathon, which is a like off-road thing, and then came to road running and on his debut marathon won the Melbourne Marathon, which is yeah not a bad uh, debut performance there. So took the Australian running community a bit by surprise there, I think. Won the Melbourne Marathon. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh. And then so like second in the city surf, which is one of the biggest runs in wow. the world. Um, and I was mate, your um, 5k wow, time the other day, that yeah, like blew my mind. So he just did a four minute, a five minute, a 5k time trial in 14 minutes, 12. And I remember when I was doing a triathlon, I was like so stoked to get a sub four minute K and this guy's like punching out sub three minute Ks yep. and it just like breaks my brain to think yeah. about how when you I was, that fast. Like, when I, I think I'm kind of fit and then you yeah. hear that like, oh my Well, God. I'm not great at running at all and I've never done any running training, but in the military, we had to do regular running tests for 2.4 Ks. When I started, and I was 30 when I joined with no previous running experience, I was struggling to get under 11 minutes 10, which was the standard, I think, the first one I did. But then I, the second one I did it when my fitness had increased, I immediately dropped down to about 10 minutes. But I think my best time was like 9 minutes 30. And when I got like under 10 minutes, I was so stoked. So that was for 2.4 k. So 14 yeah. minutes for more than double that distance. That's and impressive. then, yeah, Tom also <laughs> went to the, which, what year was the World, Cha World Championships for the half marathon? 2018. And that was, you got a 105-ish? 104-18. 104-18, insane for a half marathon. And then, um, and then your, your, was that one, that um, marathon in Japan was your PB for yeah, the marathon yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. And that was two, 14, two yeah, hours 14? 14, yeah. So, wow. like, over 
often with runners, they really specialize into a kind of one distance, but like I just, your yeah, times all over all of yeah. these distances just blow my mind and off-road, like yeah. amazing. So but the, the point, <laughs> I mean, the point <laughs> of all of that, which, which feel, like this is, this is the same reason why I love having Phil on the show um, and having Phil at the gym is because it's, a, it's really important to all of us that we work with practitioners that have got what we call skin in the game. You know, I don't like, like I've been to a lot of doctors where they give you health advice and they're morbidly obese. And I think, man, are you kidding me? Like you're, you're trying to tell me how I should eat. And so I think it's a, it's a really good thing to be able to go and see somebody like Tom if you are suffering from any running issues, because you're not just dealing with somebody that's got all the training to deal with it, but you're dealing with somebody that, that, that lives it. You know, and someone who's it. made the mistakes, learned from them, and then overcome them. And, yeah. and, and that's one yeah. thing that Which I think, yeah, like you could definitely attest to is, like, and, and seeing yeah, how your running career started, like it wasn't a smooth run where you just, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, like just quickly before we do get into some of the questions, thanks Diane for- yeah, We're gonna say again in. quickly, if anybody's got any questions to do with running related injuries, put them in now, you'll never get a better answer than you are today. So we, I can see we've got a lot of people on the live stream, get your questions in. Yeah, so just quickly maybe a uh, quick little journey through your start in competitive running and yeah, how that kind of- Yeah, so I, I started in school, probably was until maybe year, year nine or 10 at school, I, I sort of got into it, I think I, I was, doing well in the, the fitness tests in PE. So they sort of, they, they urged me to join the track and field and the cross country and I did and, and it didn't take long before I realized I really enjoyed it, had a bit of a knack for it. Um, yeah, and so from there I just took off. I joined a, joined a club outside of school, had a squad and I, I've pretty much just been running ever since. And yeah, it's just like, like my lifestyle now, I just really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to me like it's kind of been the last like three years maybe that you really started to hit like, you know, certain peak levels that is, yeah. you know, and, and how old are you now, Tom? So 34. 34, so it seems kind of yeah. like later than maybe, yeah. like, and so you're saying in your 20s, there was a lot of injuries there that sort of slowed you down and. There was lots of things, yeah, I guess like early 20s, there was like uni days and there was a bit of traveling in there. Yeah. There was, there was injuries. There was a bit of a cycle of other priorities with, along with injuries. And so I think um, now with, you know, young, young family, a stable business um, and getting into a routine uh, and, and, and also just, um, like you said before, learning from many, many mistakes that I've had over the years, um, I've been able to put together consistent training and that's, that's the key and that's what um, anyone that knows what they're talking about with, with running and improving their running, it's all about consistency. That's, that's what you need if you want to do well at running. Which is, yeah, our same message for the gym is like, you know, often and you just have to take a little bit off but keep consistent and you'll just yeah. like overtake anyone who it's yeah. quite yeah. amazing how that seems to be coming up over and over and over for yeah. us with people at the top of their field in really different areas yeah. um that often less is the answer to getting greater results you know yeah. i think yeah. when we're in our younger years we just equate that more effort going harder pushing through the pain is yeah. what's going to deliver yeah. those results and recovery is such a critical uh, part of the process, you know, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah and so last that. week we sort of talked through, um, you know, how often people sort of make the mistake of just like only kind of measuring uh, distance as or, or time as their um, sort of variable and how uh, we can kind of adapt, um, you know, programming and, and just like strength principles where you have sets, reps, um, you know, different levels of weight, like programming is, is kind of key. And so we kind of, we covered that, I think, fairly, um, well, last week, but yeah, one of the things that did come up a few times was people asking about, um, you know, shoes and orthotics and, um, yeah, I thought, oh, this is definitely one to get Tom on board for. Cause I think often people sort of get a bit of a mental block in their head about, um, 
you know, starting running because they not feel like they're quite prepared or mm-hmm. running. They go to a running shoe store and they find that like, oh, geez, that pair of, you know, shoes is $260 and I know I need like anti-pronation, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on just for a b- beginner getting into running, like what are the kind of key, um, you know, first steps and yeah. what kind of level do you need and does the shoes and orthotics make a big difference? Um, most people, it's really just the, the running shoes. Orthotics don't really come into it, I don't think, unless someone's actually got an injury. Mm. Um, so coming into, there's obviously cases, but yeah, that's a, in the general sense, it's, it's really just the footwear. Um, it's important that people don't get too caught up on footwear, I think. Like it's, I, I love shoes, I love running shoes, and I love talking about running shoes, and, and um, they're, they're fun to, they make running more fun. But um, like you mentioned, the key, the key aspect is, um, is your programming and your load management. And so obviously shoes are important, that's the one piece of equipment that you really kind of definitely need for running. Um, it, it's just something you don't want to overcomplicate. You want to just wear something that ideally is comfortable, uh, that feels pretty natural, um, and that you feel like you would enjoy running in. Um, and I would suggest as well, it, if, if you've been like walking in a running shoe um, or, or have, have, have a use of like your casual shoes or certain, um, like if it's flat or whether it has a bit of a pitch to it, casually, you may want to incorporate those design features in your running shoes. So if you're someone that always wears high heels, um, so to work every day, I would I would be cautious in in wearing a running shoe that was say zero drop, which was a bit of a buzzword. Um, yeah, for those playing home, ago. zero drop means basically like you know imagine wearing like a pair of Converse, they don't have any sort of change in yeah, the, right. the level of their. Yeah. So. so maybe an easy transition if you if you're used to having a bit of a heel heel elevation casually getting around um, yep. in, in your running, you may want to stick with something somewhat similar. Um, and that be the starting point. And then over time, if you, for whatever reason, you wanted to get a little bit more, your foot involved a little bit more, which you can with zero drop, you would do that gradually. So then yeah. you would sort of move to that over time if you if you wanted to. Yeah, so, um, so many of the same kind of core messages, like we didn't talk about load management before the show started, but like yeah. a lot of the same sort of terminologies coming up to yeah. everything we say. What, what do you think about barefoot running? Uh, it's, I see it more, I see it as a tool. Uh, so, I, you know, someone like myself, I kind of laugh at the idea of um, running all of my running barefoot. It would seem ludicrous because um, it would be painful. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the terrain I'm running on road, I'm running like 160 yeah. kilometers a week. Um, and so many kilometers. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, but, you know, I still use it. I still use it. Probably, I Personally, I probably use it uh, once or twice a week just doing some, some run-throughs, like strides on grass. Yeah. Um, some people do it more. Um, I think it is a great uh, tool for people to use. Um, uh, it, it will engage your foot more, you, the muscles in the feet more. You can allow full toe display, like it's fantastic for the feet. But again, it's just got to be something that's incorporated gradually so um, people can a- adapt to it. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, all too often I'll see people that have um, gone down that route much too fast and they've developed a foot and ankle injury. Yep. And so yeah. yeah, so then I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go back the other way. Like, okay, well, let's stabilize you. Let's like let's support it. But then let's just this just talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job if I just said, "Oh, you got a foot injury. Wear an orthotic. Now you got to wear like, Asics Keanu for the rest of your running life." I, I got to delve into you know why they why they did that, why they got injured, and a lot of the time it's just down to their you know delve into their habits, of what they did. So they yeah, like we said, did a little bit too much too soon, barefoot or in that minimal type yeah, of shoe. Yeah, hundred percent. It's exactly the like same principles. Hopefully, everyone's kind of getting is like, you know, you just got to take these. You know, the body adapts, but you need to give it time yeah. and any big changes. So I love how you're even bringing like the lifestyle, like what shoes do you wear, you know, to work, what shoes do you wear 
like the most part of your day and like then you've got if you want to start running like you need to kind of match that up and if you don't you know how to do that yourself um yeah definitely try and work with someone to kind of get that right because it just makes such a huge difference it's it's amazing because it's it, it, it's the same thing that i experienced being a, a trainer where people come in and they think that they know how to train at a gym and they and they, they come here and spend a week and they realize they they didn't really know much at all um, and I'm, I'm realizing that that's like me with running, yeah. you know, I, I didn't know any of this stuff about running because yeah. I'm not a runner and I've never looked yeah. into it and I've never programmed for running. And anytime I have run, it's just been, oh, where are we going to run? Let's just yeah. run here. Um, and I guess in a way, it's almost been lucky that I haven't had any worse injuries than <laughs> I've had. Um, but I guess that's also but because the volume that I did was always very, very low. But, you know, having this talk last week Phil and now having you on the show I'm realizing more and more that running is is there's there's a lot to it you know hearing you say that barefoot running because I really didn't know what you were going to say I didn't know if you were going to slam yeah. barefoot running <laughs> or if you were going to be all for it I was yeah. really curious to hear yeah. your input and to hear you say yeah I like it as a tool that that's really really cool because it's the same kind of answers that we give to people when somebody yeah. says oh what do you think of split squats or you know I say yeah, yeah they're great as a part of what you do you know exactly and so people yeah, kind of get really people kind of i think we'd be barefoot running particularly like you know I've, i fell into it after reading born to run like you kind of it it becomes this very like binary like i need to like mm. ad adopt this as like an identity and i think it, with all sort of training like you've, you've just got to take the good elements and, and see where it fits in i love that idea of using it as a tool and i think yeah. for our audience here like every, pretty much everyone in the gym trains barefoot um most of the time and a lot of people who are on the online program as well i know training at yeah. home will um, we'll train in, in barefoot as well. And that's a, uh, so for people like that, you know, they'd probably be a bit quicker to incorporate a little bit Definitely. more, but certainly if you're doing it, start on grass, do less yeah. than you think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. listen to your body the next couple of days and then yeah. bring it in. But yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about building up those, your foot muscle tolerance and, and that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, definitely a starting point. Like, if yeah. someone's thinking about running barefoot, they better be walking barefoot first. Like, that's yeah. that's the, or doing yeah, their gym and other stuff barefoot first. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a that's that, that should be a light globe moment for a lot of you. Like, really listen to what Tom said there. You know, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a message that we were trying to beat home last week. Yeah. Is that you know, last week we were talking about running for fat loss and you know what people that are carrying an extra 20 kilos, um, you know, would want to consider. And, and you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make like that is they go from zero to hero in one step and they just go, I'm going to start running yeah. and they try and run 5Ks, you know, and try and do that three or four times a week. And you see it a lot. You see people out on the street um, carrying a lot of extra weight and, and their running technique's terrible and you can see them just banging on the ground and you think, oh, I hope you're not doing that too often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. yeah. Um, so we get into actually just before I did, I, like I'm just fascinated that you run 160 k's a week. That That's blows my insane. mind. Um, and <laughs> yes, how many how many days a week do you run to get that every, day. every yeah. day? Yeah, and seven days. Yeah, and yep. it's probably about three or four of those days. It's it's double. So I'm running two yeah. days, two times in the day. So because we talked a lot about last week about how you know you don't want to be doing the same thing for all of your running sessions. Just like in the gym, we split it up so that you're working different energy systems, working different yep. parts of your body. So I'm really interested to hear with like that much volume. Like, what are you, what does the kind of week look like in a fairly succinct sort of way? So I think, yeah, no, I think anyone that's running more than say, certainly more than 30 to 40K a week, um, up to whatever I'm running or more, you, you kind of want to, you, you want to polarize your training. So polarizing is basically having a lot of, uh, or you're having a, a percentage of easy, easy running and a, and, a, and a percentage of higher intensity running. And yeah, after about, I'd say once you get up to around 30 to 40K a week, you want to polarize in the, in the ratio of about 80% easy 
aerobic, low intensity, um, and only 20% of, of higher intensity. Classic so 80-20. 80-20, the 80-20 rule. So Always, love that. Yeah, so that, that's that's how I break it up. So yeah, for me, that just means um, uh, most most days I'm doing um, easy running. So a lot of that, well, what I do to get that in is as I run to and from work, just com- run commute. Yep. You turn up here and like yep. had my little yeah, running yeah, backpack. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, but then and how many Ks is that? Uh, so it's 12k one way. 12k. So for those of you over in the states, about eight. Uh, no, that's about six, seven miles. Probably around that seven yeah, something. About, yeah. about seven and a half miles. Yeah. 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 Just under a city to surf each way. Yep. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. 14k. And where do you live? What suburb? Uh, Gladesville. Yeah. Right. I'm and trying si- to visualize. Sydney. It's a bit hilly. It's a bit hilly. It's a bit hilly. No, yeah, no part of Sydney is flat. So yeah. yeah that's Sydney <laughs> is a very hilly uh, city. Yeah. 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 Nice. Nice. Uh, Solid. Yeah, just so good to get that kind of insight, and and I'm very glad it fits with what we said last week. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you brought sure. that up. Yeah, we we're just talking about yeah. You, you, people just get think like, oh, I just want to beat my five k every time, and yeah. then they go out there and just try and beat their five k yeah. every time, and that is not the way to do it. Yeah. Um. So we've got a few questions here, and before we do run out of time, it'd be great to um get into some of the comments. So good day to um, Diane. She's saying my daughter has a natural ability for running and would like to follow a running program, but she has a bent. Uh, Tibias, uh, tib- tibias, yeah. uh, tibia. Uh, her inside and outside ankle bones are in alignment rather than offset. Any attempt to increase volume or frequency results in sh- pain slash in splints. Would orthotics overcome this, and is this the only option? So again, Diane, remember this is just general comments to help you inform your decisions. So not a obviously Tom hasn't seen your daughter. So, but what mm. do you think? Um, mentioned yeah. So hi, Diane. Diane, um, she's mentioning uh, you're mentioning. Um, uh, structural things so if you're concerned about that sort of stuff then yeah obviously I think uh, it'd be at least worth a- an assessment so it's hard for me to judge the extent of how that would impact uh, ability to handle running load so um, we need to assess that alongside with a, a thorough history of attempts at running and, and how that's been uh, tried to be achieved so whether there is still an instance of maybe trying to increase the volume or, or the intensity a bit too much yeah. um, and knowing how old your daughter would be also pretty good because that's pretty like yeah key in, um, yeah orthotics certainly could help um but it's just one of those things where I, I yeah i couldn't say yes or no um it could be a short-term tool could be a long-term depending on how bad um or how uh, I guess how that significant structural the, yeah. or biomechanical aspect is filtering into pain. Yeah, because um, yeah, so many people have like things that are structurally different, but that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you're going to be inhibited in any particular way. And yeah, you're the active structures in your like there are so many active structures in the foot that are amazing at doing dynamic control, and people really underestimate that because we just put our shoe, feet in like clunky shoes where those structures can kind of go to sleep a lot of the times, especially if your kid's in school still, like wearing, you know, your kind of classic old school, like clunky leather shoes. Like if she's just going from that and then going for a run every, like, you know, once every couple of weeks and then hurts herself, like, um, yeah, yeah. there'd be a lot of work you could probably do to yeah, definitely. strengthen stuff up. Yeah, yeah awesome. So and just on that, she also brought up um, with the shin splints, that's obviously one that comes up a lot. And we had a brief, we brief discussion on um, shin splints and the different types, but is there, that seems to be really, that was something that you That's struggled with I in had. the army. And well, I didn't struggle with it, but I developed it. Yeah. And, I, and it was undiagnosed, but the, it was such a common thing that the PTs and the medics in the army used to describe the symptoms. And it was, um, you know, it was very acute pain down the uh, medial side of my tibia. Yeah. And uh, just 
got really bad when I was running, but it happened over the, a period of a, of a month or two and it got to a point where I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to go to the medics for this. And then I got three weeks leave yeah. and I did no running and then I came back and I never got it again. Yeah, um, and we were so talking last week how I hate the word splints, like shin splints, because yeah. it just puts like an image in people's mind. And so now it's yeah, medial tibial stress syndrome, which is yeah. exactly as you pointed in the inside there. That's mm -hmm. a really common yeah, sort of presentation. But your thoughts on yeah. shin splints? It seems, I imagine a lot of people would come and see you for... Yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. a really broad thing to ask. Yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts on what shin splints? <laughs> yeah, you're on a trial <laughs> process. Well, and, so uh, maybe the better question would be is, um, what, plan what's of attack. Yeah, well, and what's the kind of yeah. mistake that develops shin splints for people? Uh, so I, I do filter out, again, I'm going to keep going back to it. So the, the training load, and I, I do try to delve into um, their habits with intensity. So a lot of the time, shin splints, much like other foot and ankle issues, are, are a consequence of too much intensity. So... Um, it, we, yeah, we sometimes in with shin splints, I'm, I'm definitely first port of call. I'm just looking into their their volume, but specifically how much of that is intense, how fast have they just started doing interval training? Because shin splints are so, so common with people that have just started doing, they started like a 12-week a program for an event um, and they've never done intervals before and they yeah. just start doing, uh, they're, they're, they're doing intervals on top of more volume than they're normally doing. And so when you try and run fast, you're a little bit more up on the, the forefoot. And when you're up more on the forefoot, you use your, your calves and your, specifically your solely more the, the deep sort of flat calf muscle and that's going to be pulling on the lining of the bone which will create that sh that medial shin pain so yeah yeah first protocol is that it's just i'm going to i'm going to dial back their intensity they can probably yeah. maintain um, some easy easy um, miles while they still have that injury as long as they're running um, at low intensity and then we'll work on increasing either reducing load via footwear um, or increasing capacity via strength and conditioning, which and probably do you do both like technique intervention at all. Or um, so there is some evidence that um, a, a slower cadence can increase your your risk of um, developing medial tibial stress. So yeah, so if they've got a um, if they take like long lopy strides, which essentially will give them a, a slow or low cadence. So cadence is just steps per minute. Um, I would give them advice on increasing that. So whatever they're whatever they're doing, I may say, oh, let's bump that up five to ten percent of what what you're doing. Yeah. So that might be a bit counterintuitive <coughs> for some people, being like, oh, more steps equals like better. That's, you know, that's more loading, surely. But yeah, if you're taking like reducing if you're putting reducing load on yeah. each thing, then you're because we often talk about kind of exceeding like your s structures have a certain capacity, and if you yep. exceed that capacity, that's often where. Um, you know, you start to to get injury. So by taking a, a higher cadence this is something that really helped me. And I worked when I was working with my running coach was yeah using a metronome, changing my cadence, and like that that forced me to take shorter strides, which then uh, yeah end up mm. I never got a hamstring problem again with running because it just it yeah. like tightened everything up and took a lot less um, a lot less load per step. So um, yeah, it's a really good example of how with load management it can be a total like macro programming um, and looking at intensity and distance and, and speed, but also there's that kind of micro loading in how you're doing it. And that can also be impacted by the um, like shoes you're wearing and, yeah. and orthotics. So it's important to, yeah, try like working with someone who can identify which part of the puzzle is, is missing. And the other thing that I'm really stoked that, um, you know, you're talking about is like, you always look back at what people have just done. And that's something we talk about a lot about here is why it's so important to track your training and, and, and measure what you're doing because it's just you know useful for yourself to, uh, you know, for motivation to track your um, development. But what it's excellent for is, is troubleshooting when something goes wrong and being like, okay, what's changed? Like, why did this, especially if it's an insidious onset, not a traumatic injury, like 
what was the thing that caused it. So, yeah. yeah Something that I don't want to brush over that I just want to highlight that Tom said um, when he was uh, getting that out is how we would deal with shin splints is um, strength oh, yeah. and conditioning. And, and not stopping. Say, yeah, not stopping was not just stopping. one of the things that, yeah, yeah I was like, oh. Not, not going, <laughs> oh, I've got this. I'm just going to stop and hope that it goes away. Um, but, you know, identifying issues, managing load, you know, attacking it from a more intelligent perspective and incorporating things like strength and conditioning. So, um, yeah, and you know, above all, guys, if you've got issues like this that are coming back for you, see somebody that knows more than you do about it, you know, and, yeah. and get their help. Um, don't do what so many people uh, do, which is think that they can, um, you know, just magically rest, do nothing, and then come back to the thing that hurt them and have a different result than they yeah. got the first time. Unfortunately, the body doesn't work that way. And um, so one thing that has we were talking about before has evolved in your training is adding a bit more strength and conditioning recently. And so like last three years has been... Yeah, la last three years I've, I've incorporated it. Um, I've found um, it's one of those things I've wanted to do for a long time, but um, it's like... So can I go for another run or yeah. so I decided to, I decided <laughs> to cut just like yeah just 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 relax Tom yeah, stop right. running so much I feel like when you're doing 160 k's a week you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could probably um, no it's, it's one of the best things I've done honestly so um, as you mentioned before I think uh, I I had a bit of a, a, a injury history recurrent injuries and I think I think incorporating strength and conditioning has certainly made me more um, resilient. I feel more resilient. Um, it feels good. It's to me, it's supplementary as well. It's a different type of um, stimulus to my body. Yeah, different. It just feels. Yeah, it just yep. feels great. Like I feel, I feel like it's good for my my hormones. Like I feel like I have you know more energy after doing it as opposed to like another run, another run. It's kind of it's just kind of gets a little bit fatiguing. Yeah, whereas this kind of bleating, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'll be I'll be uh, doing it ongoing now so for sure and so what does your strength program look like just so one session a week and lower body focused yeah so at the moment it's just um it's pretty much just once a week when i when i can put get you know get it back in the into fit in my program i'll be going back to twice a week which i was doing for quite a while um and it's basically i struggle for motivation and also got a couple of young kids at home so doing stuff at home is difficult so i will go to um a, a, a strength and conditioning coach of mine who's a runner uh he helps me with it so i go to go to the gym and we do yeah an hour of um yeah we would start with mobility work um moving into some activation work then do a bit of um like plyometrics so sort of like a bit of bounding and that sort of stuff working on um, energy storage of the tendons and then we're going to some heavy lifting um and i love that i enjoy the heavy lifting side of it yeah, so awesome awesome yeah. nice that sounds great <coughs> yeah, yeah and so who are you working with uh, his name's dave costello yeah. um he's in neutral bay yeah. Heard the name before, but maybe I'm thinking of Robert D. Costello. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe not the same runner. Yeah, anyone yeah. Uh, from overseas that doesn't know, he was a Olympic uh, runner. Yeah, was he's uh, he 80s. Yeah, uh, 80s. Uh, he won the I think it was the 82 Commonwealth Games. Yep. Um, and he was all over the Wheat Bix ads and everything. Yeah, yeah, years, he was. Wasn't he? He was a big yeah. face in Australia. And yeah. then the, so yeah, really like awesome to hear that that's that programming because it's just so like ticks all the, the boxes like it's like getting a bit of that mobility in there like preparing your your tendons in a like graded sort of way that's building out the capacity and then and then i love that you're, you're getting into the heavy stuff that's yeah. uh that's yeah. exciting to hear and you, you were saying just before we started when you had a chat that like upper body mobility has been a, a thing that you're working on as well yeah yeah so i've had um i think it, it's i'll probably blame my kids on this uh like i blame them for a lot of things but just like <laughs> carrying um 
and my back i'm just getting to this real probably my work posture as well with this 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 shoulders sort of going forward like i'm sitting right now with my shoulders forward yeah um so working on just just stretching through anterior and and um just just you know strengthening and and working on 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 back and extension and it's made a big difference i just feel uh, although my posture hasn't changed, I don't think it's changed that much. Um, I just feel it just feels better. Yeah, I mean, all of the like a large part of the audience we have are total mobility heads, and like that's often just the most satisfying stretch is just on. Mm-hmm. I'm doing some of oh, <laughs> I do all, before I run every time I'm just doing this yeah. with the hands behind the back and just stretching like yeah. this it's just um, yeah. opening so, up the chest yeah uh, we usually uh, wrap up about now but we did plan to go just a little bit over time so just quickly like I'm really glad you talked about your strength split um, we've got Simon here who's asked another question uh, is it a question or a comment I think it's a comment. Yeah. He's saying uh, back in the day, 1989, I was training for the commandos and developed shin splints running on footpaths. I would stop to stretch when it got tight. We had to do five kilometer run with webbing on uh, in 12 minutes, meaning um, what, what's web- webbing? Is that like so? That's the stuff that you wear that carries all yeah, your ammunition right. and your um, your water and everything. He's saying it might have been a bit longer. Five uh, k's in 12 minutes with webbing. Ouch. I don't know many people that could it's do world that. record. That'd be a world record. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would have been a would little be, bit longer yeah. than that because um, um, Tom, who is a very competitive runner, is saying that he just did five k's in fourteen minutes without webbing. Yeah. So I think may, yeah, because he's, he's set a little bit uh, lower here. I'm not sure about it. Could have the, the time. It could have been a bit longer. Yeah, I reckon it would have right. been a little bit longer. Yeah, than yeah. That. And so <laughs> it's just, it's just interesting to highlight there. So he's saying back in the day, you know, you'd stop and do some stretching, and like that's yeah. one of my pet peeves is people thinking that stretching has some magical therapeutic quality that revitalizes things and turns it into a, a more resilient structure really muscles <laughs> tighten up because they exceed the capacity and they spasm to protect so like yeah i think it's interesting listening yeah. to how tom's explained how to manage shin splints it yeah stretching doesn't really fe- like feature because it is all about like exposing your body to the stimulus in a graded sort of way. Yeah. Let's let's answer Blakely's question real quick because I'm sure that this is a quick answer. Blakely's asked, best resource for learning uh, good form with running? Any books you can think of? Any videos? Any YouTube channels to watch? Um, you kind of stumped me on that. I... I um I, I would say just, just seeing a good, a good coach, like it, getting a, a lot of experienced coaches that have coached a lot of runners over the years will will be quite helpful in providing some technique feedback um i'm just a bit cautious and on and it's great to work with someone locally who can you know look at what you're doing because everyone does yeah. different sort of things and works yeah yeah there are there are some like technique coaches i think are a little bit too cookbook and it's um you just yeah. got to be careful with um everyone's got quite unique tech like yeah. for example like, yeah. some some people suggest everyone th- there's a there's a I, I've got a few people come in lately um, following a program um, that says that they should be running 180 steps per minute. Everyone should be running that specific cadence, yeah, that's which is a technique cue that's not based on any evidence. All um, the rage five years ago, though. It was all the rage, but <laughs> yeah. everyone's unique. Every, you know, limb length differences, um, tightness restrictions, um, the pace you're running at. Like there's there's certainly no. Uh, ideal cadence and there's no ideal foot strike that's the other one which i see a lot of like everyone should be landing on their forefoot um which is not correct it's it's pretty much um there's other cues that are more important to be focusing on than than those sort of um yeah those sorts of things and do you have any like generalized cues that people Um, consider when starting out to try something a bit you know different from what they're usually done or the the main the main thing yeah the main thing is just um just thinking about cadence so it is it is just thinking about maintaining a nice quick 
uh, stride length. Yeah. I've had some people come in that they thought, they said, oh, I thought to run, you're supposed to try and take a really long stride length. Yeah. That's supposed to be better. So if there is anyone listening that, that potentially thinks that, it's, it's definitely not the case. Yeah. You, you don't want to be forcing, certainly not forcing a long stride length, let alone just running whatever you think's okay and having a long stride yeah. length. Like get a metronome app um, on your phone and, and play around, like try out what it feels like to go between what, like one, 50 and 180 and you know yeah like, somewhere between just, that range and just yeah. like try a few different ones and, and match it and see what starts to feel natural and what starts to feel nice and if you like when i started transitioning i used to be a very lopey um runner and um i was yeah my, the biggest cue was like to try and pick up my cadence but it felt so unnatural to go from like what i was doing to you know like trying out 180 for example and so you know my, the advice i got was like you know start running it at a slightly higher cadence and then like just bring it up a little bit each time so again it's all, all about that kind of slower transition yeah. exposing your body to something gradually um yep cool let's answer yanni's question uh yanni, yanni who's home today sad he yeah. couldn't be in for the yeah get the full right. table we, yeah. we haven't had a four people on that since the new table set up so. yeah we haven't have we no. what a shame let's get you back let so the team down. Uh, <laughs> no, just joking look this is what happens when you've got kids in daycare they bring home every little virus that uh, goes yes, around i'm sure tom can yeah, yeah. um so tom yanni is saying he'd love to hear your thoughts or suggestions uh, for anyone starting a running program for fat loss if they're overweight. So any considerations that you would want to share about that? So somebody, somebody said somebody's 20 kilos overweight, uh, they're not a runner at all, and they're saying, hey, Tom, you know, sitting around a barbecue, I'm going to start running next week to lose fat. What do you think I should do? Um, follow it, like have a plan. So don't just run ad hoc. You've got to have a plan, and it's got to be very gradual. Um, and I would focus on... You know, if they haven't been, they're not running before and they're overweight, it's very unlikely they're going to be able to just run continuously. So I would suggest it's going to be walk running for quite a long time to get used to the running load and adapt to it. So it'll be, it might be, you know, one minute of running for every four minutes of walking, for example, for half an hour and, and just build that running exposure super gradually, more gradually than, than you'd think. Um, there's things like the Couch to 5K program and, and stuff like that kind of generic but a bit of starting point if you don't have someone to give you more specific yeah. um advice on how to yeah how to grade that would you do any that. like would you do any foot exercises or any like things to get you know the if they've had like you know particularly you know if they're a fairly sedentary person would you or or would just the gradual exposure to the stimulus be enough to yeah i'm i'm without seeing someone and yeah. and seeing their feet I, I would just say i wouldn't just throw extra things at them just as yeah. I know well, I know personally I'm so busy with with life and everything totally. um, with specific foot stuff I would say just the graded exposure to running as a starting point would be enough because the feet will get stronger the feet will get stronger even if they are in a in, in a stability yeah. issue or something like that yeah. going from not running to running uh, it's still going to work their feet their tendons more than totally. not running so yeah. And which like, ties perfectly into Yanni's um, comment here saying, surprise, load management is key because it is the yeah. message we keep <laughs> yeah. hammering in. Yeah. So love it. Uh, just the last yeah. thing I want to say before we um, wrap up, actually we'll say, answer, we'll say Andy Lawson said, my dad used to always get at me uh, for I wasn't striding out enough and he thought being taller, I should use my long legs to get my advantage. Yeah. Never felt right though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Great. Dad wasn't right. Dad. Sorry. <laughs> Dad, you're not always right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Um, just one part of your running that I love is that you still do park run. Yeah. You like, and so for those, What's who, that? park run is a 5K. It's always 5K, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Always five. And it's all over the world. So everywhere in the world, there'll be like 
park runs that are run by volunteers who are just like keen bean runners and community people who just love the Saturday morning yeah, um, yeah, yeah. experience. And so, uh, and yeah, that's how you met your wife. That's right. Yeah. So oh, I yeah, met her at a park it. run. So, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I think it's just such a nice example of like how much kind of community becomes a part of exercise. And that's what, you know, we love to talk about here is like you, you, the only way to build like a, a great exercise habit is by building in other aspects to it that feel like fulfill your life and having, you know, going and volunteering in park run and watching, you know, like um, Tom's wife is not a professional runner. She's just like an, you know, enthusiastic. She's yeah. doing some, you know, she's getting yeah. there. I've been watching on the um, yeah, yeah. Instagram stories. It's going really well. But yeah, yeah, it's so nice to have like, I think have those using your passion, but also in like a community sense where you can build yeah. relationships and get out there. So. It's a great, uh, hopefully it starts again soon with, uh, it's been shut down since COVID. But um, yeah, anyone that's, that's um, starts to get into running and can get to a point where they can run comfortably at 5k or even if they're still walk Lots running walk um, oh yeah exactly you know, if you're still walk, walk, walking um it's just it's just a, a very um what's the word it's um seems really inclusive just inclusive like, yeah. yeah it's just and walk. and often when you are starting a new habit like having something like a set time that you have to turn up and you you know yeah. you can progress every week like i think it's just such a nice idea for anyone who is enthusiastic about getting into running like I'd, I'd start with like yeah getting some park around that way you can build a community you can meet some people who you know if they want to you do your 5k run on the saturday and then you might find someone who's willing to do like a you know let's start trying some intervals like that that's the kind of place you meet people and because running can be yeah. a fairly lonely sport i imagine if you're not part of a training group or a team or a club yeah. so yeah i think for the people out there who want to get into it like it, when covid obviously allows it yeah yeah that seems like a really nice way to do it yeah awesome sure. Well, I feel like I could talk all day, but other people probably would yeah. you know, like to get on the day. So, <laughs> thanks for coming on, Tom. That was thanks really good, me. really insightful. Yeah, yeah good stuff. No, I hope uh, I hope our audience got a lot out of that because it is not often that we have someone with uh, Tom's experience and uh, passion and skin about, in the game. Yeah, and skin in the game. Yeah, so good stuff. Um, yeah, well, no, you have to come back it. sometime. Thanks. Like if we, you know, keep yeah, getting sure. so keep putting in your running questions and yeah, when they build just, up, we'll uh, just we'll get come back so on we'll again. Yeah, good yeah and if anyone's okay. in the um, in the Sydney area and has any issues, uh, where can they find you, Tom? How can they? Uh, my clinic's uh, Walker Street Sports Podiatry. It's um, yeah, it's on Walker Street in North Sydney. Yep. Um, so nice they can close the train station. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. You can you can um, book online or call up. Um, and yeah, telehealth via your Walk and, Street. And telehealth, yeah. Yeah, Walk yeah. Street Sports Podiatry or Tom DeCanto. We'll put the links in um, both the Facebook comments and also I'll make sure to do it on the um, podcast yep. uh, notes as well. Yeah. So Yanni's saying come back again, Tom. He, uh, I think Yanni's really oh, feeling, mate, some, he, feeling some yeah, FOMO yeah, here. Definite FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so. Yanni's asking more questions than everybody else. Uh, Yanni's saying website. What's the yeah, website? Yeah, I'll type it in right now. Oh, so Phil's going to type it um, in. Right. Well, cool. well for, the, for the Spotify though. For, so it's just, um, it's it's a long one. It's just, it is just Walker Street Sports Podiatry. Okay. Uh, Walker Street. Yeah, Sports and in the podiatrist. Uh, sorry, in the podcast, not the podiatrist. I'll put it in the show notes, okay. so you'll definitely be able to find it. Sweet. Cool. Thanks, Tom. Thank All you. Right, yeah. Thanks, chat. mate. And we'll see you again. Cheers. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.